Welcome to the Messy Middle podcast and radio show presented by Mother and Founder Co. Each month, guests are invited to share their version of the messy middle and the lessons they've learned along the way. Whether you're in the messiness of growing a business, healing from trauma, or navigating the wild world of parenting, this show is a must. We are excited to celebrate the messiness of life and business with you. And now, let's settle in as host Jen Burwell connects us with today's guests. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Messy Middle. I am so excited. It's my favorite day of the month for new episode day, and I have two amazing women I cannot wait to introduce you to. So my guests today are Kristen Cantrell, the founder of Connect and Cultivate. Um, Welcome. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Excited to have you. And Dr. Sydney, owner of Powerhouse Chiropractic. Hello. Hello. Dr. Sydney, have we ever actually met in person? Oh, we, at the, yeah, at made, the, for mama. made for Mama. Mm-hmm. Was that the first time? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Root and Rise. Oh, Root and Rise. Okay. Yep. So we've been like loosely connected. Mm-hmm. We follow each other on social media, but it feels like we're best friends. <laughs> at least it feels like that for me. And Chris and we got to have coffee a week or two ago. I think ago. it was last week. Yeah. Time flies. So I'm so excited for this conversation and to have both of you together because you two don't know each other. Um, and I can't wait to get to know you a little bit better and share with our audience. So I always like to start every show with just giving some general context for who you are, where you came from, how you grew up. So let's see, Dr. Sydney, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Dr. Sydney. I grew up in the Midwest in Missouri and have kind of lived all over the place. I was in Georgia for a little bit going to chiropractic school and then decided I wanted to be somewhere sunny and landed in Arizona a year ago. So within the last year, I graduated chiropractic school and open up to my business. So super exciting. You've been busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I read that you, yeah, you, that you just moved here in 2022 and the network that you've already built, that's yeah. super impressive. Thank I you. know that is really impressive because if you guys haven't seen her Instagram, mm-hmm. it's very established and I would have thought you've lived here for a long time. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Kristen, tell us all the things. So I'm born and raised. I'm kind of like nobody from nobody's from Arizona anymore. Point in case. (laughs) So um, I always thought growing up, I was I thought, oh, poor me from Arizona where it's burning hot. (laughs) And then I realized as I got older in my 20s, I was like, people come here for the weather. So it's kind of funny. But yeah, born and raised in Arizona. Um, I've always been a natural connector, and I. Um, recently have built a business around it. I have been in the real estate space for the last eight years, and that's where I've built the majority of my business. But what I've really found over the last year is everything that I offer to the real estate community is really just for the small business entrepreneur community, and it's building that network and that connection amongst everybody. Yeah, that's so cool. I thought the same thing because I'm an Arizona native, and I was always like, oh, this is so embarrassing when I travel. I don't want to say that I'm from Arizona and like this weather is awful. And then as I like got, I've gotten older, I'm like, this place is amazing. Like, I know. Why did I hate That's it so, so much? Because cool. when I was in high school, I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm not staying. And now I can't imagine my husband is always like, what if we move here? What if we move there? I'm like, no. Same. No. I'm like, we can't not live here. <laughs> Maybe we buy other houses in other places, but. There you go. (laughs) So the reason that I wanted to bring both of you on the show today and thought it would be such a great conversation is both of you have community as such like the foundation of both of your practices and businesses. And I just want to talk about, I want to ask you actually, like, what does community mean to you, to each of you? So Kristen, do you want to start? 
Um, Yeah, I feel like community for me is really being able to bring people together and introduce them and connect them. And my kind of what I love seeing that is when I put together a room and then I introduce people and they become friends. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's not about me. It's about other people and being Mm -hmm. able to connect them and be kind of like servant hearted towards everybody that comes together. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Community is so much about connection and finding those people that connect and have something similar in value Mm -hmm. and just like a time to really dig in and do things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's the magic that I like to see in my business too. It's like the best thing is, oh, you should meet this person over here. And like, I don't know if you guys see it like visually in your minds of like these little maps of like all the different neural networks. But yeah. Um, I was actually thinking this morning on my drive in that every time I feel like I'm in an icky place, it's because I've gotten out of like the service Mm -hmm. piece. And I'm like, what can I do to show up for others? Because I know that that's like really what fills my cup and keeps me going as an entrepreneur. And when I get out of that space, it just, it's like, oh man, I need community. Well, it's almost like when you kind of go about your life that way, you can't help but be like you. I can hear somebody talking and Mm -hmm. while they're talking, all I'm thinking is these different people that need Mm -hmm. to be around them. So I just had it happen this morning where Mm -hmm. this girl in North North Carolina needed a business coach and she's telling me her whole story. And immediately I'm like, my business coach is the best. You know, I'm like, can I do a group message with you and her? And so now they have a meeting scheduled and I'm like, that's so exciting to me. And I always (laughs) I always think I don't know if you feel this way, but being naturally like that, it's actually really hard to find. Like if somebody else uh, connects me with somebody, it's not like I get so appreciative because I don't feel like everybody's mm-hmm. wired that way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's it's always it's always so surprising to me too. I'm like, oh, you thought about me. You yeah. thought about this other person. Like it's so, I, I love when that happens. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Sydney, being new to Arizona, just in the last year. Um, How did you find your people, your community? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I definitely kind of started the journey on Instagram Mm -hmm. and just kind of building that, following like-minded businesses, people, Mm -hmm. a lot of the birth community, because I work with a lot of those kinds of people and just kind of building from there, finding just like-minded businesses Mm -hmm. and reaching out to them and kind of building from there. There's a key point reaching out to them. Mm -hmm. I think so many people are so afraid to take that step and you have to. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Mm -hmm. I felt like this entire past year, like it's just constantly doing things you don't want to do, but it pays (laughs) off. It does. It does. I think, I mean, that is entrepreneurship, right? Every day you're feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um, and then consistent effort over time is what's going to get you some results. So congrats to you because it is not easy to reach out to strangers and to move to this new place. I mean, I'm imagining because I've lived here my whole life, but I, that so, feels so overwhelming to me. Um, and every time I'm on Instagram and I see somebody that I genuinely want to connect with, I do have that like little like, oh, what? Am, why do they want to talk to me? What Like all that self-talk. Yeah. But just connecting. Um, at least my experience has been you've been so surprised at how many people are welcoming and, and wanting to connect. That's what I was going to say because I always make coffee dates on Instagram. It's like mm-hmm. I'm notorious for mm-hmm. it. And I, I think that people are afraid to do that, but I would say like 97% of people I ask to go to coffee are like, yeah, totally. Let's go to coffee because people are dying for community. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was just, uh, there was a Forbes article put out, I think in December, and it was talking about how women specifically are yes. like craving community now more than ever. And so it's super important to reach out and do that for people. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not as scary. Once you get used to it, it's like, I can message anybody. <laughs> the worst and, they could do is say no. Right. Or just ignore you and then. Yeah. And then, and then, then you forget about you it. You totally <laughs> forget. Yeah. And you even message them, so you just move on. So <laughs> talk to me a little bit about your guys' journeys into entrepreneurship and that decision to work for yourself. Did you always know that that's what you wanted to do? Was it a different career? Did you start in a different career? So Kristen, tell us a little bit about your journey. (laughs) Okay. So I definitely like, I started a vending machine company right outside of, uh, right after college. And that was like my entry in. And that was such a great learning experience. Mm -hmm. But I gave myself my twenties to figure out what I wanted to do. So if something didn't work, I dropped it and I went to the next thing. So I tried a lot in my twenties. When I first had um, my first son, I was like, I'm just not wanting to do my own thing. I just want to piggyback and be somebody else's like support and cheerleader. And so that was the path I was on. And about three years ago, I was a recruiter for uh, the number one independent brokerage in the nation. It was actually in Chandler, Arizona. And the people I worked for pushed me um, to actually work for myself. So two years ago, I split off from them. And that's when I started my own business. And about a year ago is when I started Connect and Cultivate. So um, I'm like actually back in it very new, um, Mm -hmm. but very much have that in my blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It feels like you've been doing this forever. So I'm surprised to hear it's only been a couple years. So when they pushed you to do it on your own, like what was that thing that got you over the edge? Because a lot of people give us a lot of advice and like tell us, oh, you should do this. And then sometimes fear or whatever comes into our mind and we don't do it. So like what really helped you feel that it was aligned and a good decision for you? You know what? I just had built a really good name for myself in the industry. And I just thought that, you know, like what's the worst that could happen? I kind of always have that mentality. I have plenty of time to bounce back if it doesn't work out. And thankfully, I have a really supportive husband. So Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I was like, let's go for it. See what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I can relate. My husband's always like, you're going to do what? And yeah, <laughs> But now, like for years, because he was in finance and he was, you know, entrepreneurship is crazy. And now he's right alongside me. So yes. drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I don't think that was a good outcome. So maybe it's a bad analogy. Okay. So Dr. Sydney, you are in your 20s, right? Mm-hmm. And have this practice that you've built. Like I'm just so impressed. In my mm-hmm. 20s, I was doing all sorts of crazy things and not thinking about entrepreneurship <laughs> or or business necessarily. So tell us, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So my dad's a chiropractor and he had his own business. Mm -hmm. So I think I saw the freedom in that and being able to create what you want. And of course, he wanted me to come back to Missouri and be a part of his practice. I'm like, no, it wouldn't be fair to you because I want to create what I feel like I was meant to create. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of just went along that way through chiropractic school. It was always a plan to open up right after graduating. A lot of my friends in chiropractic school, they're like, what are you doing? Why don't you associate first? And I was like, I just know what I want to do. It doesn't need to be huge. It doesn't need to be have all these expectations. Like, just start, you know? Yeah. And you can grow that and then build on that. So that's cool. That is really cool. I love that. Not many people know what they want to do at such a young age. Yeah. And that's hard, too. And I feel so blessed having a dad in chiropractic and discovering it for myself. But that's a total struggle, too. Some people don't know what they want to do. And I totally agree. Don't jump into something if, like, don't jump into college if you don't know that's really what you want to do. Oh, I always talk about Mm -hmm. that. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I got what everybody gets when they don't know what they're going to do, my business communications degree. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember I went to my first entrepreneur event. I was probably 20 
like eight and I went to Entre Leadership. It's a Dave Ramsey event. Mm -hmm. And I called my dad after and I said, why did you ever send me to college? I should have been going to these my whole (laughs) life. I know. It's so hard. When I started, uh, my first major in college was justice studies because I was going to be a serial killer profiler. Oh my gosh, what a cool job. It would have been awesome. But then I went to some like career day or something and because you have to work, you work for the FBI and there's one in the whole country and then everybody else just does a bunch of paperwork and I was like, oh, that's not for me. So then I changed and then I was in architecture school. I got my degree in interior design, um, worked for an interior design firm and then I went back and got a business degree all because I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, like what what am I going to do? Yeah, so I've, definitely envy people who have that like know. that straight path but okay so let's talk about a little bit of the messiness because this is the messy metal so talk to me about <coughs> where have there been some stumbling blocks in your businesses and how did you overcome it or what's the lesson um, that you've taken from it whoever would like to start yeah I think one of the things I struggled with actually right before I opened in November was I noticed I had all these big decisions I had to make and I felt really lonely. Mm. And I was like, I have to make all these decisions by myself and figure it out. So that was something I kind of just had to push through. And I think I also realized in that sometimes you just need to make a decision. It doesn't necessarily need to be the right one or the perfect one. You just need to move forward Mm -hmm. and you'll figure out how it works out. It doesn't need to be perfect. You just kind of grind through it and figure it out, have Mm -hmm. a little faith and go through from there. So I think that's definitely one thing I've learned is just leaning more into faith instead of trying to have this perfect plan of how it's all going to play out and just listening to that inner voice. Yeah. Absolutely. Action is always my go-to to get out of anxiety, out of like, because you need to see, like, it's like trial and error, right? And you're constantly testing things. And if you just sit there and think about it, then nothing happens. But I'm with you on the feeling really lonely when you have all these big decisions. And I think that for me, I've experienced that many times in my business, but bringing in that community piece mm-hmm. has really been what has been so helpful. So I'm having mentors that I can pick up the phone and call having peers that I can just talk to because entrepreneurship can be really lonely. So good for you for just figuring it out. And and we can get stuck in that perfectionism and that like, is, is it perfect? Is it ready yet? Um, that's, I've definitely experienced that for sure. Yeah. So for me, <clears throat> one of my biggest struggles has always, um, it's been almost where I just kind of will feel not good enough to do something or not Mm -hmm. like almost like ill-equipped like why should I be giving this and like why should I be (laughs) doing this Mm -hmm. um and so I think that's always been a struggle of mine especially because in the real estate space I've always been on the brokerage side and on the recruiting side and the retention side not selling real estate I do not want to sell real estate so when I was going out and showing up um because the way my company shows up is like a broker owner under the exp platform and so I'm showing up like a broker owner who's never sold real estate, but yet I have all this knowledge in real estate. But the fact that I don't sell real estate has always just kind of been in the back of my head. And I've had some not so great people um, say that before where it's kind of gotten in my head. So I had to really get um, keep telling myself, like, why do people want to work with me? I do have all these people that work with me. And so I actually, before I started Connect and Cultivate, um, I asked a lot of the girls that I work with, like, why why are you here? Like, what's my value to you? Because I was really mm-hmm. identifying my value proposition in that line of work. And when 
everybody said the same things, it really helped me with, okay, like I don't have to sell real estate to have all this value for these entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. That's not where it's at. So I just had to really constantly like work on that. And I feel like that's been one of my biggest struggles. Yeah, I feel that all the time. I think I was really struggling with it maybe last year because I work with organizations and industries that I've never personally worked in and I'm helping them develop all these strategies. And I've had a lot of the, who am I? Why would they believe me? Why do they trust me? And so I I was like, my answer is always, I need to go get more certifications, get more education, take a class, do something. I called my father-in-law who we owned a franchise business together and he's a, a good mentor of mine. And I just said, you know, I think I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get a master's degree. I'm going to spend, you know, $50,000 on this education because I really feel like if I have an uh, MBA, then that that's that's a really good thing. And he's like, okay, you could definitely do that, but let's just take a second. I want you to write down all the certifications you already have, all of the experience you have, all of the people you've worked with, and then we'll we'll talk about that list. And so I put it off for like two weeks and he was like, we need to get this done. So I, I wrote, and when I wrote it all out and I saw it, it was like, I don't, it's not a certification or an MBA or that I need. It's that I need to quiet that voice inside of my own head and know that I, what I do and the experience that I have is enough for the right people mm-hmm. and having that trust like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But those voices, mm-hmm. like we can have mm-hmm. 10 people tell us how like great we are and all these things. And then that one person mm-hmm. and that's all we hear. Right? Yeah. So how do you guys quiet that voice? Asking for a friend. Definitely not me. Yeah, I I mean, I totally resonate with what you're saying, especially graduating younger. You know, moms look at me, which luckily I really haven't had it inside the practice, more so outside the practice. People are like, how old are you? Are you old enough to be a doctor? You know, <laughs> and just not letting that affect you and also just being like, not everyone's going to be your people and that's okay. Yeah. You, don't, yeah. you don't want the people who aren't your people to be your people. Yeah. Um, that's a huge point. Like not everybody's for you mm-hmm. and that's an okay thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. But with quieting the voice, one thing I've been trying to be intentional about is I feel like we are like in this crazy consumpt- consumption age where it's just constantly scrolling social media doing all these things. And it's like, how many of us are actually just sitting in silence or evaluating? Mm -hmm. And I feel like there needs to be a balance of consumption and evaluating. And when you do that, you can talk to that voice. Be Mm -hmm. like, why am I thinking those things? Write down all the certifications you already have Mm -hmm. so you can get that confidence and kind Mm of. I love that. One of the CEOs I work with uh, gave the best advice to somebody who was coming into a new position. um, And he said, the best thing you can do, and really anybody, is to create space in your schedule for intentional thinking, like thinking breaks. Because when you're working as an entrepreneur or a business owner in such a high level, you need to have space and time to think, to evaluate, because we get so busy doing, doing, doing that we don't have that space. And so uh, it, just to watch like the light bulbs go in her and, and off in her mind, because she was like, I, you know, I'm the CEO of this big company and you're telling me I can go take a two hour hike on Friday, which could feel really unproductive. And like, you could have a lot of guilt about that. But he's like, that is one of the most important things you could do for this organization. And I always think about that. And so for my own self and business, I've always created these like spaces. I do my very best. I don't always execute, but (laughs) I create these spaces of time to think. 
That's a good idea. Even that stresses me out to think about. I'm like, oh, right? I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I know. I see the importance of it all day long. So I know. And I, so what happened for me, because I, I manage my time in 15 minute increments and I have to really be effective and efficient at all times or I get really stressed out, which is, I think it's a trauma response and a coping mechanism, but it's also been really helpful for me. So when I did this, and allowed myself to have time. It took a little while, but then I started getting really amazing creative ideas and I have solutions to problems that I don't think I would have. So maybe not two hours. It's rarely two hours, but maybe start with 30 minutes. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Or try. You find your space too. Yeah. Like I'm the weirdo that drives in my car with no sound on. I do too. Oh. Yes. <laughs> That's your thinking time. Yeah. You know, oh. you're doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not creative, though. You know, when you have, like, 75 million things in your head and you're Mm -hmm. like, I can't shut it off. And I feel like it's not—for me, it's not productive. I need, like—I'm actually—somebody scheduled a a sound bath for me tomorrow. I I don't know what to expect at all. Have you ever been? No. I thought that someone brought a bath into my house, but apparently that's not it. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's so good. I think you're going to love it. I'm excited. Yeah. That's that's really helpful. um, We—I just went to one— and, it, like, it's amazing how the effects that it has on your body. And, like, for days after, at least for me, every time I go, I feel—I just feel different. I feel lighter. I feel less stressed. I feel less reactive. I love that. So, like, mm-hmm. things are still happening, but I, the way that I show up in them is is different. So Yeah, I need that. I feel like I've been stressed out since I was, like, eight. So Same. I'm like, maybe this needs to be, like, an every week thing for me. <laughs> it, it is so true. So— this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think this will make sense. I just did the 23andMe DNA kits. Have you guys ever done these? I've heard of them. I literally just submitted one a week ago. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So it's a little bit stressful because what they ask, like they, they can tell you it. They sequence your, your genome, I think. And then they tell you all the things. If you're like a carrier for different things, what your, what your genes tell you you're likely that you could get. But then before you get your results, it asks you, do you want to know if you're going to have late on stage Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, breast cancer genes. You have to make all these big decisions. Oh, that is a huge decision. So for me personally, I decided I didn't want to know about Parkinson's and Alzheimer's because I would spend the rest of my life worrying about that. Um, oh gosh, yeah. But I said yes to the, to the breast cancer gene because I feel like there's some things you could do about it. So anyways, I got the results back this morning and I'm like pouring through them and it tells me so many different things. But what it told me is basically what I already know, which is the women in my family are highly stressed humans. Mm. And the way that everybody in my mom's line has died is through heart disease or like stroke, like those sorts of things. And that's what it said is like you have an increased likelihood of that. And so what it reminded me of is I've always been a very stressed kid since like, I think since I was born, that at this moment in time, I even have more information to support that I can do something about it. And so for me this year, it's been a big transition year. My husband's joining the business. We've got a lot of stuff going on. And what I've said to myself is self-care is going to be number one priority. And and I've really drawn a hard boundary, which I boundaries are hard for me. But I've seen so much like improvement in my life. So like this chaos is still happening. But the way that I show up is I'm still here because the amount of pressure that I feel right now and other, if I wasn't doing it, I don't think I'd be able to function. So that's a really long story to say, 
sound baths are great. And <laughs> well, uh, now I need to go do that test. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also don't want, I do not want to know no. if I'm going to have it's, Alzheimer's now. I mean, they ask you a lot of stuff. It was like, it told me that I have these muscle things, like these genes that like elite athletes have. So. <laughs> well, then you need to go open yes. or I don't even know. <laughs> I'm like, I um, am not athletic at all. So, um, but it also told me that I have a gene that says that I'm less likely to be good at directions and I mm. get lost, but not that much. So it's, it's very interesting. So I highly recommend it. That's cool. But it just reinforced. It was interesting. The message that I got is like, the universe is giving you more information. You get to decide what you're going to do with it, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like leafy greens, good diet, all the things that we should be doing. But it was like your genetics base say that like if you want to be healthy for your family and do all these things, this is you need to take care of your heart essentially was the message. So now I have, feel like I have this big task of like, okay, now it's like focus and this is what I need to do. And stress management is a big piece. So if you have any other t- tips for stress management, I'm... I'm all ears. I don't know. Anyone. <laughs> Maybe someone who's Dr. Cindy. Oh, no, no, no. Well, so that actually is a great segue because chiropractic care can be really great for the nervous system. And I was recently yes. learned this. So why don't you tell us how chiropractic care can help us with stress management? Yeah. So we pretty much have two parts of our nervous system. We have our gas side, our sympathetic nervous system, and then our brake side, our parasympathetic nervous system. And both of them are important. We just want our body to be able to balance between the two. So when you guys say things like, I've been stressed out since a kid, (laughs) it's like probably riding in that gas pedal like your whole Mm -hmm. life and it's stuck on. So doing those self-care things are so important to bring that parasympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. back. One of the things I've really been passionate about in my practice, especially because I see a lot of women, is our cycles and how depending on where you're at in your cycle, you have different superpowers and different gifts you're good at. Mm -hmm. So let's say after your bleed, you're in your follicular phase. In that phase, we're super creative. And if we're using that energy somewhere else, it's going to put more stress on our body. Mm -hmm. So really leaning into those creative tasks, make all your to-do lists, make your social media for the month, Then we go into ovulation where we're the best communicator. So schedule your podcasts for that month. Mm. Schedule first dates for that month. Or I'm sorry, that those days in the cycle. And then after that, we have our luteal phase after ovulation where we're really good at just getting stuff done. So that's your time where let's grind things out, get all the tasks done. And then during menstruation, where the best at being intuitive, our right and left brain communicate the best. So we want to really use that time for introspection. Mm -hmm. And what we see, why I anticipate that so many women are having these health issues is because we're not living according to our biology. And Mm -hmm. that's our biology. We're just living in, we do the same thing every day, Mm -hmm. which is a luxury as business owners, Mm because we can kind of develop our schedules of how we can support our physiology and ideally give our bodies less stress in that sense. Wow. That's like a huge Mm -hmm. aha thing for me because I love that. It's, it's not every day needs to be the same. Yeah. And so even like thinking of when your creative time of the month is and when you're, I love that. I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. So is that the same for everybody as far as like that schedule? Yeah. And what I tell people too, like if they're new to that is like, just know the basis. Mm -hmm. 
track where you're at in your cycle and see if what it is is resonating with you in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people say ovulation is their favorite time. I hate my ovulation. (laughs) I'm like super crampy, which I know is probably from stress. Mm. But just really listening to your body and saying like, if that aligns with how you feel. Yeah, I love that. I know that is super cool. I I think a lot about like energy management, like during in a day. So like I'm a morning person. So I like to do my big tasks and and things that I need to think about early in the morning and then like emails and other stuff in the afternoon. But to think about it more on a monthly schedule, that's super cool. So that brings me to another question. As entrepreneurs, we can set our own schedule, control what we do. I was actually talking to my mom the other day and I was like, I am I am tend to be a really productive person. So I don't necessarily really struggle with like not having things to do. But I'm like, part of entrepreneurship, I love that I can wake up and I get to decide whatever I do. Mm-hmm. But if I do whatever I want to do, then I make no money. So at some point, <laughs> I actually feel kind of trapped in some way. And trapped is not the right word because I love what I do. But like, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like all this freedom. So how do you guys, how have you found managing your schedules and balancing that to be? Trello has been a lifesaver mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. if anyone doesn't use Trello. And so I plan like this, you know, all of December, I literally planned out 2023. Mm-hmm. And I did all the back end stuff so that when I show up in 2023 now, it's just to collect people. Like literally, I'm just... When I meet people, I'm listening to their needs and I have all the different things to plug them Mm -hmm. into based off what they tell me, where I'm not worrying about planning the event, where I'm going to host it, um, who's doing the photography, who's doing the video, like all that's already done. I just Mm -hmm. need to make sure I'm getting people and inviting them. So it helped me to where it was like a lot. It was just very freeing when I had all of that planned out. Now, when I show up Um, And I'm finding people. I also use Google Calendar to make sure that my days are super efficient with like everything from my podcast to Mm -hmm. events to my everything with my kids and Mm -hmm. everything. (laughs) Yeah, I love that so much. Mm -hmm. I I took a week between Christmas and New Year's and did that. Mm -hmm. Like I planned out all my events. I did all the back end, like the reminder emails and all the stuff that comes with it and automated a lot of it and cleaned up my inbox, all the things. And it felt so good to be able to show up in 2023 and be like, it's all planned out. What do you use for automation for your emails? Flowdesk? Yeah, Flowdesk yeah. is what I use. Whew, yeah. So good. <laughs> I, just, I, I love the simplicity and I always, I love the aesthetic of it. There's still some functionality that's like, why the, don't they get new templates? I know. I'm like, <laughs> no. Flowdesk, if you're listening, some new templates. Not hard. <laughs> your one job is templates. I know. And then Maybe that's an opportunity for someone, you know, Ooh. like you can sell your Canva templates maybe. Oh, yeah. You could. They, you can. You can get them on Etsy. You do you can? Use the, do you use no. systems like that? I'm trying to learn all these yes. systems. Oh, so yeah. I'll keep talking. <laughs> Look at Flowdesk. It's the best. Flowdesk is That really has awesome. been a game changer for mm-hmm. me because I just show up like a chicken with my head cut off my whole life, and somehow it's it's worked. However, when I started implementing systems, it's like it's the most freeing feeling. I'm a DI on the disk profile, mm-hmm. so I'm like driver, influencer, mm-hmm. and I have zero SC. So the details part, mm-hmm. I have to work really hard at. And so when I did that, I feel like now I show up and I'm like, this is so much easier. Yeah, for sure. So much easier. So I'm a D. I'm like a D and I have some C, but not the details. So I'm not really sure what my C is. It's like compliance. Like, I don't know. Cautious. Like you're maybe. Yeah, me. not really. See, I do and then I think. 
Yeah. So that's what I do too. Really? So I set up all my systems, so uh-huh. proud of myself, did all my templates. <laughs> I sent out my first email um, to remind people for my mastermind. It had the wrong date and time. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I feel you there. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than when the, the detailed people correct you. Yes. Like even on Instagram, <laughs> when you know. spell stuff wrong, which is like every time I spell stuff wrong, they'll always correct me. I'm like, Shut up. I know. <laughs> Thank you. I know. Thank you. Uh, is, that is so funny. So, okay. So I love what you shared, Dr. Sydney, about hormones. Like my mind's still kind of thinking about how to incorporate that. I also want to talk about both of the, all three of us, I think, are in industries that at least have a lot of male presence, if not dominated by male um, presence. So how do we balance I that like how have you navigated that how do we integrate like both sides of us even if just talking about ourselves like the masculine and the feminine because I think for me at least I need both sides of that and I I value both sides of that for me um so how have you guys how has that shown up for you in your experience yeah so I think a lot of it can kind of be almost like education just in the sense of like we do live in that nine to five, do the same thing every day. You have your boost of testosterone in the morning and then it dies down at like four o'clock. Like that's what Mm. the normal person lives in. And obviously what I said earlier is like our hormones don't work that same way. And I think men would be open, you know, to learning about those different things. Like if they knew, I think it's just education. Like educating them on like, yeah, our bodies are doing this at this point in time. Like we can still be productive. This is how we're the most productive, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so interesting if you think about the history of like not the nine to five and the work week and the number of hours we work and all coming from the industrial revolution and just the structure. I don't think it thought about women's cycles or hormones or how women work best. And so I think we're in an interesting time. I feel fortunate that we are. And and that's one of the big reasons that I wanted to make the entrepreneurial jump was to be able to work when I work best and kind Mm -hmm. of navigate that. And I didn't intellectually understand really why you're actually connecting some dots for me right now. But I think it's been interesting. I I deeply have learned so much from my male colleagues. I respect them. It's it's great to work with them. But and there are some very distinct differences in the way that we work. Yes. (laughs) And how has that shown up for you? In the real estate industry, there is a lot of guys that they're constantly pushing grind, grind, grind. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm at the office at 7, 7 a.m. Where are you at? And I'm like, dropping off the kids. Like, must be nice <laughs> to roll out of bed and show up at the office, you yes. know? And um, so for me, like, I very much speak to the female team leader, the female real estate agent or the female entrepreneur, not because I don't love my guys. I love my guys. I have guys in my group and we can go have a beer. We can hang out. We can talk about whatever. But it's hard sometimes to relate to the majority of them in my industry for that reason, because they are pushing something that it just isn't the life I'm living. Like, mm-hmm. I've got to wake up and get two boys ready out the door. I don't even get a start until 745, and that's even early for it. Mm-hmm. Then I have I have to go pick them up at 3 o'clock. So my day is—and that's important to me, like, which mm-hmm. is one of the best things about being an entrepreneur is I have created my schedule in between my kids' work hours, but— just a different, Mm -hmm. they don't have to do that. Usually, I'm not saying not all of them don't. Yeah, for sure. I've experienced the same thing. So when I was the vice president and director of programs here at Max 6, actually, we did a lot of investment in startup companies. I've worked in a lot of entrepreneurial circles. And when I went before I had kids, 
it w- I was very much felt like I was part of this group. And then when I started to have kids and my priorities shifted and I wanted to make sure that I was dropping off, you know, my kids went to daycare when they were three months old and I'm not go- like, I'm going to drop my baby off. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, all the things like nursing and all, all of the different things. I started to feel like a little bit of an outsider and I started to feel like, yeah, this grinding, like they used to have like 24 and 48 hour work sprints where they literally like, and this was a lot <laughs> in like tech and programming and stuff where you would work 24, 48 hours and then see who can build something. And it just... It started, I started to realize that there was something different about my life. And then I started to think about where do I fit in entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and where is my career? And if I, if I can't, if it's not important enough to me to work 18 hour days or 12 hour days, 16 hour days, what does that look like? And that's where I really started to think about how do you balance all of the different things that I think for most, uh, speaking about most women are important when we live in this world that like doesn't quite fit us. And so um, that was a real big struggle for me um, as I was thinking through it. And like, it felt like it was overnight, like, oh, all of a sudden I, and it was like, I was changing, right? I had different priorities, but I really am allergic to the hustle and grind culture. Just, <laughs> it's it's exhausting. I just don't see how it's sustainable over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. There's diff- there's definitely seasons where that's really important. And I am definitely have been known to do those sorts of things. But over long periods of time, it's not flex. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we feel like we've been to a lot of different places um, in this conversation. What is one thing that you really want people listening to know about you? Do you want me to go? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a question. Um, I don't know what I want people to know about me. I, mm-hmm. I honestly have. Okay, so what I want to know about you. Okay, is... that makes it way easier. <laughs> uh, the thing, the question that keeps popping in my mind is, so I understand that you started the group, the community group to support originally real estate agents. Yeah. And what we talked about in coffee is the thing that still amazes me is re- I feel like the real estate industry is so great on personal development, self-development, mm-hmm. professional development. Like there's so many opportunities. There's a big focus. How did you get interested in starting the group? And then when was that aha moment that like other industries don't necessarily do what real estate does? Yeah. So I think for me, it was when I moved brokerages. And again, it was by force, but I went to a nationwide brokerage and the way that the agents were showing up all over the United States were, was so different than the way that just the typical agent in Gilbert, Arizona was showing up. And so it opened my mind to wanting to do things a lot bigger. And it was just watching what other people were doing and seeing how they took their value proposition and how they showed up. And so that's when I decided to like show up and create a space where I I showed up where people found value in it. And the aha moment for me was I do events nonstop. That's my way of getting in front of people and building relationships. And that's how the business comes. I never sell people. It's all about relationship building. And so I allow anyone to come. Um, obviously, I do it in the real estate space, but I was doing things with like my sisters and esthetician and um, just other people from other industries would start coming and they're like, you know, I have nobody in my industry to reach out to that can mentor me. And they we don't do stuff like this. And I, I kept hearing it. And um, recently, somebody at my son's school, she does lymphatic drainage massage, massages. And she's like, you need to show up and you need to do this for uh, every female entrepreneur because I would totally pay for that. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, 
if somebody wants something and they're coming to me and saying, create the space and I can do that, like I'm all about it. So that's been a big focus on mine of the last year is like, I want to say yes to everybody if I'm able to. And so I don't want to be so singular focused where I'm like, all my money comes from, you know, the real estate industry. And it looks like this. I heard a guy a couple years back say, you should have five income streams that pay all of your bills. And I thought that was the most ludicrous, like far-fetched thing. Now I have seven income streams. I might have more. I don't even know. This is where I'm like really bad at the details. <laughs> they don't all pay my bills, but a couple of them do. And a couple are bringing in really good money. So I'm like, how cool is it that he just like got in my head, stuck in there. Mm-hmm. And now when I am talking to people, it's constantly like, where's the opportunity at? You know, so mm-hmm. that was kind of my aha moment was when those girls said that. I love that. And you just made me remember you have a retreat coming up talking about money and and income streams and all the things. So talk to us about your retreat. Yeah. So I have, um, I do conferences every year and retreats. This next retreat is all around money mindset because this year I've always had a big money block. My dad went from ditch digger to CEO and rich. And I watched what happened to um, him when he got rich and it was a nightmare. And Mm -hmm. so I always associated money, more money, more problems. And so for me, I just such a block. And Mm -hmm. so This year, I really wanted to put myself in rooms, so not ones that I'm creating, but put myself in rooms that make me uncomfortable talking about numbers, um, talking about wealth building. And then uh, also, I like to create rooms. So I was like, how can I create a retreat where I'm bringing in people that are experts in this area to help other people and myself? I'm kind of selfish with my retreats like that. So it's going to be in Rosemary Beach, Florida, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And it's uh, where we rented basically a mansion on the beach. It's so legit. So and we're cool. all in community for a couple of days. That was really important to me was like obviously learning about money and mindset, but also like the community aspect of it is mm-hmm. huge. So we have anything from tax strategy to vetting out deals to, um, you know, I want to buy investment properties. How do I go about that if I don't have a down payment or if I want to buy you know, 10 in the next year or 100 in the next year. And mm-hmm. some of the people that are teaching are just, they're mind-blowing. So, and then also putting the community aspect together through like we're doing a bonfire experience. We're doing breath work at sunrise on the beach mm-hmm. and yoga, sunset yoga. So making sure that there's that relationship building and learning workshopping um, throughout. So that's going to be so much fun. It's called Girl Invest in Yourself. Mm, I love it so much. And I love that you were able to identify a need within yourself and know like you're not alone, right? In that. And I think that there's so much uh, stuff around money. And I was just in a group um, because I have a similar goal to put myself in rooms that make me uncomfortable. And we were talking about money and they, you know, they asked the question of like, who is really comfortable with spreadsheets and numbers and and has their PL and all their financial documents and like three people raise their hands. Everyone else was like Just the word PL is like, like oh, oh like, what? <laughs> it's so true. And so I think um I love that. I love that. You're like, I have this need and I'm gonna create a space for others to break to come along with me. That's yes. really cool. Yeah, people like to follow your journey. I've learned mm-hmm. that over the years. I know. It's so surprising to me when someone comes and comments like I can't believe you did X, Y, and Z or this video. I remember when you had this and I'm just like, someone cared other than my mom. That is amazing. Mm. That's so cool. And when it's like, you inspired me to do this or to change, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. That's what keeps me going. All right, Dr. Sydney. I guess mine is definitely cliche, but I would say the one thing I really want people to know is that I just want people to know 
I want them to believe in themselves. I feel like that's like my core mission out of mm-hmm. everything is believing in your body, believing in yourself, believing in its ha- healing capabilities. I was at a conference called Powerhouse Women in August. I was there. You were? <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, a lot of the things you're saying, I'm like, ooh, definitely aligns. Yeah, I like Aww. her. Um, I love her. And one of the exercises, I don't know if you remember this, <laughs> but we like had to think about like, what are we doing this for? Like, what is the vision for? And it was really weird because this has never came to me before. But I like wrote down like stuff about like, my future daughter, like, I want to show her that I can do this and she can do this too. And it was just really weird that, like, that's why, you know, I'm building a business. Mm -hmm. And, like, I really want to show to other people that, like, they can believe in themselves and they can do it too. So that was really cool. Yeah, I think people need that. Mm -hmm. They need to know. They need someone like you saying that. Because I think a lot of people just feel like, I, you know, even if they get diagnosed with something, that becomes their identity. And it's like, it shouldn't. And I feel like, that's awesome that you do that. Yeah. yeah, And I love that you're talking about just to believe in the power of the human body that it can heal mm-hmm. itself. And so like, yeah, diagnoses are really helpful, um, but it's not the end of the story. Yeah. And to have that message is so powerful. So a couple questions for you. Um, we're almost out of time, but Dr. Sydney, tell us a little bit about your practice. And I'm curious as to uh, <coughs> what made you focus or decided you wanted to focus primarily on women and pediatrics. Yeah, so we focus on women in pediatrics, like you said. I actually figured out I wanted to focus on pediatrics after going on a mission trip in chiropractic school. And we would just kind of go into schools and the classes would line up and just like get on the tables. Mm -hmm. And I feel like then I was just like, wow, kids' energy are just like so good. It's like, I want to be around that energy all day. (laughs) And then also just realizing that's essentially where my chiropractic journey started was getting adjusted right after birth. And even though I didn't see the miracle of chiropractic, because it's just always been a proactive thing we did, when I went to seminars and heard the stories of the people who were having miracles, I was like, this is so cool. I want to be a part of this. Mm, I love it. And you are located in Chandler? Yes. Nestled right in between Chandler and Gilbert. Good. And you're accepting new patients? Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> we're so close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're in Chandler too, right? I'm in no, Gilbert, Gilbert, but basically the border yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's we're cool. all East Valley people. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so we are out of time, but one last question. Oh, actually, I lied. Two questions for each of you. One is, how can people get in contact, connect with you? And then the second question is, what is your favorite leadership or business book, podcast? advice, anything you'd like to leave with the listeners. Do you want to go? Sure. Okay. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at Powerhouse Cairo. I would say that's typically the best way to reach me. You can send me a DM, contact me there. And I would say one of my favorite books is The Four Agreements. Mm. Have any, either mm-hmm. of you read it? No. Yes. So good. It's so, so good. simple. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really good. People can get a hold of me on Instagram. It's Hey Kristen Cantrell or Hey Connect and Cultivate. And as far I I feel like I don't I'm a I'm I constantly buy books on audio and then I listen to half and I stop. <laughs> not that they're not good. I just my attention span's not there. Right yes. now I will tell you the book I am reading that I am enjoying, which was from Powerhouse, the not this last one, but the one before that. It's Lori Harder's 
uh, A Tribe Called Bliss. And I really oh. resonate with that book. Ooh. I love and I love her because I saw her on stage and she said that her her job is to collect people. And she did this thing with her hands. And I was <laughs> like, oh, that's like my job, too. <laughs> it's like, I like her. Who works wins. I know. That's and so awesome. that's that's my book, I guess. That, I like it. I uh, I'm reading like three or four books at the same time because I get bored and move around. But I feel you. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. This has been such a fun conversation. I appreciate both of your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You have been listening to the Messy Middle Podcast and Radio Show, presented by Mother and Founder Co. We hope you have found a few pieces of wisdom to help you navigate your own messy middle. Be sure to subscribe to The Messy Middle on your favorite podcast platform. And follow Jen Burwell and Mother and Founder Co. on Instagram. Remember, beginnings are usually scary and endings can sometimes be sad. But it's the middle that counts the most. Until next time, stay curious, kind, and messy.